Jim Willie's Perspective is a production of Radio CICN and is produced for informational and educational purposes only. Please remember that all content is solely and completely the viewpoint of Jim Willie, does not necessarily reflect the opinions of the staff, partners, affiliates, or guests of Radio CICN or ContraInvestorsCafe.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Jim Willie's Perspective. This week, Jim's not with us again, and we have a wonderful substitute, a young man by the name of Trace Mayer. Hi, Trace. Hello, Michelle. You know, we're glad to have you. Um, before we really get started into the meat and potatoes of the interview, why don't you take a second and let our listeners know a little bit about you? Well, uh, I suppose I'll start with the educational background. I hold a degree in accounting and also a degree in law from California Western School of Law in San Diego, California. I've also done quite a bit of study in the Austrian School of Economics, and I'm an entrepreneur and an investor, and now getting a little bit into journalism because it's a lot of fun. I'm also a gold standard contributor to Seeking Alpha, which is a premier financial blog on the internet, and so my articles are syndicated through Yahoo Finance and MarketWatch, and I'm also a member of the Society of Professional Journalists and the San Diego County Bar Association. So you come to us with a pretty uh, impressive list of credentials there. You know, we're always looking for one of the one of the mottos on Contra Investors Cafe is fresh perspectives served daily. That's one of our goals is to make sure that we provide our, our readers and our listeners with, you know, a broad range of perspectives to help them be informed and make educated choices when they're dealing with their investments. So we always appreciate having, a, you know, a new voice contributing to that. Well, thank you, Michelle. You know, I, I was looking at your, your website and, and having some chats with us. You've had a busy week this week. You've attended two conferences, one of them on real estate and the other the Cambridge House Investment Conference in Toronto. And I was wondering, with, with both housing and the price of metals and, and their related stocks really taking a hit this last year, um, what were the underlying attitudes of these conferences? Well, I was pretty surprised. The real estate conference seemed like a bunch of gold bugs uh, being <laughs> gloomy like they, they sometimes are. And the gold bugs were actually pretty uh, optimistic. So I, I thought that was interesting to see the tide turn a little bit between the two conferences. That's interesting. So at the housing at the housing uh, conference, you know, what was it that they had to say? Well, at the, it was the Information Management Network's real estate conference. So this is one of the largest real estate conferences in the nation and actually the world. And it mainly consists of, of the big real estate hedge fund managers and then the uh, pension fund gatekeepers. So there were a lot of you know very movers and shakers in the real estate industry. For example, I think Scott Smith kind of summed it up. He's a direct. He's the director of real estate investments for New Mexico State Investment Council, mm-hmm. uh, effectively the pension fund gatekeeper for the state of New Mexico. And to the entire full conference hall, he said, quote, let's be honest, you have closed no deals since July. Please do not call me or leave a voicemail because I will not be checking them for six months. Wow. So he was... Uh, very honest and frank that, look, the real estate market is seized up, it's in stasis, and don't even bother me because I'm going to be buying stuff cheaper in six months. So that was not a very welcome 
statement from from the person who who buys a lot of the assets. But that was the general the general tenor of the conference. I think he summed it up very well. So you know, to sum it up for for our listeners, you know, is to save your money because it's going to be even cheaper in six months. Oh yeah, and at least six months because I was. Uh, also talking with Stephen Orbach, he's president of Oakzip Real Estate, which manages about $25 billion throughout the world in multiple countries. And he said, quote, the depth and breadth is seen in every market and is still in the early stages. And it's, it's just getting started. You don't want to catch a falling knife, especially with real estate, because that particular asset class is not necessarily the most liquid and it's not the safest. So I think Mark Perrin, he gave some. Oh, he he gave some very good advice to just batten down the hatches and try to survive to the other side because there's been a complete stop in deals going on. So it's going to be very difficult for people in the real estate market to be making any money. So it's it's kind of disconcerting because this is both commercial and residential real estate, and. I think that we're just beginning to see some fractures in the commercial real estate arena. We'll, we'll probably have some uh, different collateralized debt obligations or other, other paper instruments that begin uh, coming under pressure as a lot of these retail stores and other uh, commercial enterprises are affected by the deepening uh, depression. I mean, what else do we call it? It's, it's definitely an economic depression that is, that is on set. And I've been calling calling it that for over a year now. So it's, it's uh, going to be very tough for the real estate industry, in my opinion. Well, you're right. It isn't the best news, but it's realistic. Yeah, I mean, I, I was up in uh, Toronto back in October presenting at Cambridge House, which is where I was at this weekend also, and Doug Casey was up there speaking, and the title of his, of his keynote presentation was the greater depression arise and you know this is just the uh the consequences of economic law that that work and a lot of our elected politicians and (laughs) you could even say that the nationalized industries some of the bankers are now unelected politicians but they're they're trying to repeal fundamental economic laws They'll be no more successful than if they tried to repeal the law of gravity. Right. And that, you know, that makes sense to those of us who pay attention. Hopefully, more people will start paying attention. So you mentioned Cambridge House again there. What was the, what was the overlying attitude at Cambridge House? Well, Cambridge House is one of the premier natural resources conferences in the world. They had had about, I think, 4,000 people or five. 4,500 people that had pre-registered for it, and they actually had about 7,000 people show up and attend the conference. Wow. Uh, many of those were walk-ins that paid the $25, because if you register beforehand, you can get in for free. So the attendance was definitely up. There was, it seemed a lot busier than most of the other conferences I've been at. I suppose the $50 an ounce rise on Friday, uh, last Friday, helped quite a bit with that. You know, it gets Gets people excited about gold and silver, but it was it was pretty uh, optimistic, at least from a standpoint of where the price of the metals are going. Uh, but once again, it was pretty realistic on the direction of the economies, the different political 
entities that are out there, like the British government or the U.S. government. It was pretty realistic on where they're going also. So I thought the Cambridge House was, was quite an interesting contrast to the real estate the real estate conference. It sounds like it. You just mentioned about the, the $50 price in gold on you know, last week. And actually, I wanted to ask you about that. Obviously, we don't ask our, our commentators to be, you know, gypsies with their you know, eyes on a crystal ball or anything. But, you know, do you have an idea of where you, where you think, you know, this will be headed in the, in the short term and in the long term, you know, with the price of metal? Well, it's very difficult because as I, as I get, talked about in my presentation up in Cambridge House, what we use as currency can be money, a money substitute, or an illusion. And the Federal Reserve know what we use to price everything. That's just an illusion. So there's no real way to, to measure with that instrument. But as far as where the metals are going in terms of prices, I think uh, if you measure them in terms of real things, for example, in terms of real estate or in terms of stocks uh, like the Dow, I would say that in 2009 we'll probably see the Dow-Gold ratio go from its current about 9 ounces to buy the Dow, probably down to 5 or 6 ounces to buy the Dow. And we'll see uh, real estate, both residential and commercial, continue to decline in uh, price relative to the, the metals, both gold and silver, uh, just like they did uh, quite precipitously in 2008. So, you know, I wish I wish I knew how to price things in dollars, but it's a very difficult thing to do because it's just an illusion that right. that is that doesn't mean anything. I mean, what is a dollar? There's not even a definition to it. Our federal law is completely screwed up in regards to it. I mean, we have we have these pieces of paper that are fifty dollars, and we have these gold coins that are fifty dollars, and we have uh, we have these dollar coins that are that are one dollar, and so you get fifty of those, and that's fifty dollars. But what is a dollar? I mean, there's no definition to it. So how in the world do you price anything in it? It's like not not. It's like having an inch equal to a centimeter, which is equal to a mile. I mean, <laughs> there's there's no definition. So of course it's confounding and confusing to try and uh, price things and with such an unreliable instrument. Well, that's a that's a very good point, and it really doesn't uh, doesn't bode well for an entire economy based on an illusion. Well, that's the problem. You know, that's what we're seeing is this is economic law being asserted. We have a fundamentally unsound, inherently unstable, fraudulent uh, economic system, and it's worldwide. We use a fiat currency and fractional reserve banking, and the confidence in this system is being lost. And the system does not so much collapse as evaporate. You know, when, when a house of cards collapses, there are at least cards left on the table. But our, our current economy is evaporating at an ever-increasing rate. And so what's going to be left at the bottom of the pan when all the, the water or soup or whatever is evaporated away? Probably there's going to be a little bit of gold and a little bit of silver and, uh, of course, some real estate, as we've been talking about. But the price of that real estate, in terms of the gold and silver that's left, is going to be a lot cheaper, in my, my opinion. So, you know, just batten down the hatches, uh, own the gold and silver, and in five or six years, when this thing plays out, or maybe a little bit longer, uh, go snap up a bunch of real estate really cheap. Well, that's very specific, but very good advice. You know, we're talking about the overlying economy here, and, and the thing that's on a lot 
lot of people's mind is, is there really going to be any change coming from, you know, the government and on down with this, you know, new regime in Washington? And I really like to hear your opinion on, you know, maybe a summary of the way things were being done. Is is there anything new happening, or you know, where do you see where do you see this economy headed in the short term, and you know, maybe throughout the year? Well, it's like putting the inmates in charge of the asylum. <laughs> you've got you've got Geithner just put in as Treasury Secretary. Where did he come from? New York Fed, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs. You've got Warren Summers. You've got Robert Rubin, who's a little bit involved with this. You've got Paul Volcker. All of these people instrumental in the gold price suppression scheme, which, you know, anyone who's got access to the evidence and has looked at it, any rational observer uh, cannot disagree with it. The case has been pretty much cracked. So this underlying problem is that the world's reserve currency has been propped up using a derivative illusion is what I like to call it, using these uh, futures contracts and leasing gold into the market should the price rise, as Alan Greenspan says. And to suppress the price of gold is to disable the barometer of the international financial system so that all markets may be more easily manipulated. And this manipulation has been the primary cause of the catastrophic excesses in the market and now threatens the entire world. And, you know, we've got the inmates in charge of the asylum, the same people who, who disabled the international barometer who disabled gold are now in charge. What are they going to do? Probably screw stuff up even more. And so there's no real change. I mean, Obama, if anything, there was a little bit of change because they wanted, the real power brokers wanted Hillary or, or McCain to be elected. I don't think they necessarily wanted Obama to be elected. But Obama's on a very tight leash, and he knows that. And so there's not really going to be any change. If anything, we're going to have uh, a lot more down this continuing path, just like Roosevelt went down his path. And so we'll have continuing interference in the market. We'll have more economic and political policies that hinder the, the market in being able to rationally and efficiently allocate capital. And if the Supreme Court strikes any of it down, then Obama will probably threaten the Supreme Court the same way Roosevelt threatened the Supreme Court then. He's uh, with packing it. You know, if you don't vote my way, I'm just going to keep putting people on the court until you do. And so we had a constitutional revolution back in 1937, which laid the seed of everything that we're experiencing now with the gold clause contracts and the New Deal legislation. And now Obama's coming in and he says, oh, New Deal too, you know, as if the first one wasn't bad enough with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and Social Security and the SEC and all these other unconstitutional, at least from the original intent, meaning unconstitutional laws and programs, Obama's just going to make it worse. And so it's going to be very trying times for people who are holders of capital because these politicians are trying to repeal the law of gravity. And all it's going to do is lead to a lot of unmet expectations, which feeds into resentment, anger, and frustration from the political populace, from the citizens. And then it's gonna, you know, it's gonna get really interesting because I wouldn't be surprised if we see, you know, nine million job losses in 2009. This financial crisis that started in Main in Wall Street is gonna move to Main Street. It's gonna affect the people that are just trying to live their lives and, 
you know, go to the soccer games and things like that. And, and now they're, they're, you know, hungry people lead to very uh, dire circumstances for the politicians. We've already seen Iceland's government fall. Today, people are rioting in France. A million people are rioting in France. They're on strike. And so we're going to continue to see an increase in this domestic and uh, unrest and civil unrest, just like, and, you know, hopefully we don't move into a situation like Greece is in, where $3 billion have been caused, uh, $3 million of damage have been caused by the riots. You know, how's that for real estate, burning everything down? You know, that doesn't help very much. So hopefully we don't see a lot of this happen, but these are, these are mega trends that are that are shaping and shifting uh, what's going to happen in the future. And it's, it's, you know, it's a little bit unnerving. So, you know, batten down the hatches and <laughs> hopefully you can ride out this storm. Because I think we take a lot of things for granted, like food on the shelf and gasoline at the gas station. And with the collapse of our monetary system and banking system, we may not have access to these goods and services and commodities on such a, readily accessible basis so yeah that could lead to a lot of a lot of change <laughs> if we want to use that word but i don't necessarily think that change is going to be for the better yeah that's not exactly the connotation that they were trying to put on it um you're yeah right. yeah i mean i mean they want to they want to maintain order and they want to maintain control and so what do you do when it's spinning out of control i mean it is completely out of control We've got financial weapons of mass destruction vaporizing some of the largest financial institutions uh, in the world. Lehman Brothers, Bear Stearns, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, AIG, Merrill Lynch, Bank of America's on the rope, Citigroup's on the rope, Wachovia's dragging down Wells Fargo. It, it just goes on and on and on, and it's a mess. And, you know, they're, they're trying to make change, but all they do is make it worse because they're the inmates running the asylum, and they're all infected with the financial insanity virus, and it's just horrible. I really like that analogy because when you apply rational thought to things, none of this makes sense, but in an asylum, you can't expect rational thought. <laughs> yeah, there's no rational Well, I guess there is rational thought because they're very effectively stealing everybody's retirements with these bailout programs packages you know they're they're systematically looting and stealing from everybody and you know we've got a bunch of kleptomaniac insane asylum inmates you know i had someone stealing from everybody i had someone who doesn't really follow much in the way of markets and who who depends on me which is inherently funny to 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 keep them you know abreast on what's going on saying so so how's Obama doing? Is he doing anything good yet? <laughs> I, 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 I really, that was my reaction. I just kind of laughed and went, well. I mean, it, it, it'd be funny if it wasn't so sad. Well, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, oh, you've boy. got people on TV, and I'm not going to name any of them, but you've got people on TV with their, their you know messages of hope and change is going to come and everything's going to be fixed. And, Boy, I, I don't want to be the fly on the wall in the room when they finally get that nothing's changing. Oh, yeah. I mean, people, it, it's almost like they want to live in their cocoon of self-satisfied self-deception. 
thinking the way that they see things is the way things really are. You know, I I think they're in denial. Oh, they yeah. want to believe that there's hope. They want to believe that there can possibly be change. I mean, the American people rejected the status quo by rolling the dice on Obama. You know, it's kind of like throwing your hands, hands up in frustration, saying, well, something we don't even have any idea on is got to be better than what we've currently got. Which, it, it, and, in theory, and has so, some merit. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be it's going to be scary because you just roll the die. Well, you know, sometimes it comes with snake eyes. <laughs> right. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, Except I think these sites are all one, you know? So I think there's going to be a lot of unmet expectations, and that's going to lead to frustration. Right. And then it's going to lead to anger and resentment. And if people are hungry, it's going to lead to civil unrest. So, unfortunately, these are just mega trends that are at work. And, you know, as holders of capital, I think it's wise to just batten down the hatches and, uh, you know, don't necessarily peek out because you might get shot. You know, just batten on the hatches, wait it out, and and all of this, of course, is a bullish for the the increase of purchasing power of the metal. So, well, one thing I also wanted to ask you about, and that's going to lead into you know the the, the, the whole talk about purchasing metals. But you know, you one of your articles on your website was talking about when is this treasury bubble going to bust? Because when you were talking about the contractive winter. As the pyramid goes down, you know, the people are going to start funneling, funneling more into the metals. And the last step before the metals was the, the treasury bond. So, you know, what are you right. what are you looking at as far as, as, you know, when this will peak and people will start bailing out of that? Well, we've, we've seen the capital. It's moved. It's during during the, the credit contraction. It moves to the safest, most liquid assets. So we're seeing it, it filter down. And it's in the Treasury bills right now. It's driven their rates almost to zero, you know, the short-term Treasuries. Underneath that, we've got actual physical Federal Reserve notes, which have a lower risk profile than Treasury bills. Uh, and, and, you know, with 0% yields on T-bills, you've got pretty much the same return. So eventually, the holders of capital, if they're smart, they'll just move from Treasury bills into Federal Reserve notes. But then, as the last step, you move from Federal Reserve notes into gold. As far as when that'll happen, I don't really know because right now we don't necessarily have a a way to make gold liquid in terms of ordinary daily transactions. If we were able to use gold in ordinary daily transactions, and you know there are some alternatives out there, people can learn about them on my site. Uh, but if we're if we're able to use the gold in ordinary daily transactions, you know, go to the restaurant and you pay for your meal with gold or if you pay for your gasoline with gold or whatever, that's when the velocity of gold will increase. And and as the velocity of gold increases, it's going to continue taking market share in the currency market from the U.S. dollar. And, and so when that will happen, I don't know, but I think it can happen extremely quickly because of the advent of the Internet. We can see, we can see new technologies adopted so rapidly, almost virally with the internet so you know i don't i don't know exactly when the tides will turn a lot of that's based on individual human action uh which is you know very very difficult to calculate well you can't really calculate it but uh but when it does happen it's going to be a sea change 
And with the banks and the condition they're in, and with the dollar crisis, you know, we're in a new era. And the tides have turned. We're moving from a fiat currency fractional reserve banking system to a commodity-based 100% reserve, uh, no counterparty risk system. And we're just in the very beginning of this. So, you know, when it'll happen, I don't know, might be a year from now or two or three years from now or five or six years from now, but it will happen because that's the, uh, that's what needs, that's what needs to happen and what, what's going to be the result of, of this burrowing down and fattening of the hatchet because we've got a corrupt currency supply, uh, and we need a transfusion of a sound currency supply and a sound banking system. And I don't, I don't know how long it'll take to have that, that change take place, but I think it can happen a lot faster than people give it credit for because of these advances in technology with the Internet and mobile devices, you know, being able to log into accounts on, on iPhones or Blackberries or whatever. So it could happen really, really quickly uh, when, it, when it does take place. Okay. Uh, but that, that's the general roadmap. That's where, we, that's where we're headed. Well, and that, that does make sense. We're getting to a point where we need to start wrapping this up for today. One of the things that I wanted to ask you about, your, your site is called runtogold.com. And, you know, you've talked about battening down the hatches. What, what would you say is, is the best position to be in right now? I mean, should, should you just put 100% of your investments in, into gold and the metals? Or, you know, what, 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 would, you, what would you recommend? Well, it really depends on an individual's risk profile. Uh, some, you know, if, if you want to be absolutely safe as you can possibly be, then yeah, you would buy, uh, you, you would buy physical gold bullion, either in your possession or in the possession of a trusted third party. Don't get any of this ETF garbage. Uh, but you know, it, that's if you want to be the very safest you can. Uh, you know, I, I think I think people should at least have at a very minimum. Uh, five to ten or fifteen percent of their net worth in the bullion, uh, physical bullion. A hundred percent, I don't know. You know, things things go up and things go down. And gold, is, gold and silver are cash. You, you hold on to those when you're looking for things to buy. And so, you know, I I've bought investments within the last month or two uh, that are not, you know, that are not my cash position of gold and silver. And I, I hold Federal Reserve notes because i got to buy stuff on a daily basis and, you know, just conduct my life because there's no real alternative monetary system. So it really depends on what an individual wants to do. But as far as, like, I've got one one friend, his brother's in charge of managing his mother's estate, and they've got $20 million, $10 million of it in California municipal bonds. I mean, how stupid can you be? They, 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 they should sell a million or two million of that and just put it in the physical bullion. And holding on to, to paper or just electronic digits that have no meaning and are just an illusion, I think, I think that's not a very wise thing to do. At least own something. Well, especially you know, in California right now where they're issuing IOUs. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, in, it's insane. And see, my my reader, he he reads my site, and and his brother is a senior VP at Wachovia. Oh, ouch! And so he and so he he thinks he's the money manager of the family. He thinks he knows what he's doing. So 
he's got these California municipal bonds with with ten million dollars of the family fortune in it. I mean, wow! <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. You yeah, know, luck with that. And, and and the senior VP of Wachovia thinks he thinks my reader is the loony one because he wants a physical medal in his hand. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> while while he's holding on to his worthless or soon to be worthless paper. So it's I just I you know I I hate to see I hate to see you know what's going to happen with with that because it's going to lead to some bad blood in the family. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, when you're talking when you're talking about ten thousand, it's one thing. When you're talking about ten million, that's a completely different argument. Oh yeah, and like I've got another friend. We were we were just sitting chatting in Las Vegas back in November, but he was asking me. You know, I, I need to buy $35 million of gold eagles. And so I, you know, I made a couple of calls and I found them as gold eagles. But, you know, everybody's got their, their different risk profile. And I think, you know, sit down, take an accounting, get a general roadmap overview of what's happening in the economic markets. I'm actually going to be releasing a, an ebook, you know, a general overmap ebook probably within a couple of weeks. So that people can at least understand where we're at, where we're going, and, and the economic laws at work, and then you can make a logical, rational decision. But at least, you know, at least have five, ten percent physical gold or silver bullion. I mean, not not to have it in times like these is just insanity, in my opinion. <laughs> well, and that's what we're asking for. We're asking for your opinion. And if folks are interested in finding out a little more about what Trace Mayer's opinion is, tell them how they can find that out. Tell us a little bit about your site and about your newly established podcast. Yeah, it's uh, runtogold.com. Really easy to remember. You just run, run to gold for safety. You know? So runtogold.com. And, and I have a bunch of different uh, posts. I post on a pretty regular basis there. And I have different recommendations of read and and good articles that I've written. So that's where people can learn a little bit more about my idea and my take on the markets. And if anyone has any questions, there's a contact form uh, in the about page where they can send me an email and ask a question. And actually some of my better articles have have been uh, the catalyst for them have been reader questions. For example, I was asked about the gold and silver ETF by one of my readers. So I went and I read the 50-page perspective, line by line, you know, drafted by the $500 securities attorneys, and I picked it apart and wrote an article about it, and three three weeks later, Reuters is writing that Merrill Lynch's private high-net-worth individuals don't want ETS, they want physical bullion. <laughs> so, you know, it's... Uh, Somebody's listening. There's, yeah, there's some people are listening, and, and some people are, you know waking up and deciding, you know what, I don't want to own California municipal bonds. I want to own a physical metal, and I want it in my hand right now. I don't want your your ETF, or I don't want your futures contract. And so, you know, that's, uh, that's the type of things I write about, and it, it comes, uh, I'm kind of like a cross-eyed javelin thrower. I always keep my readers on my toes. <laughs> so <laughs> you never know what type of, of article you're going to get, but that it'll usually be a well-thought-out, logical, rational article uh, because I, I try to answer the questions that my readers have. So. And they, have, they, get, they get questions from all of them. So it's runtogold.com. Well, Trace, we've really enjoyed this today, and I hope that you will you know, be open to coming back again. Um, 
I think that this is important and valuable information. As I said, our readers definitely appreciate, our listeners definitely appreciate um, the, the fresh perspective that new voices offer, and you certainly bring a lot to the table. So I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to be with us today. Oh, well, thank you, Michelle. It was great. All right. Thanks again. Jim Willie's Perspective is a production of Radio CICN and is produced for informational and educational purposes only. Radio CICN and ContraInvestorsCafe.com are not responsible for the content of Jim Willie's Perspective. The views and opinions are those of Jim Willie and do not necessarily reflect those of the management, staff, associates, guests, or advertisers of Radio CICN. Thank you for listening.